This is episode 7 of HD Reality, where we are tackling caregiver burnout in this little mini-series. This episode is going to be talking about fear of the future. Welcome to HD Reality with Courtney Cable. As a trained life coach and a member of a Huntington's disease family, I am here to support and empower you. This podcast is dedicated to everyone affected by HD, including individuals with HD, their spouses, loved ones, and caregivers. Join us as we delve into mental and emotional tools that will equip us to conquer the unique challenges that come with this diagnosis, as together we define our own HD reality. Welcome to this episode where we are talking about caregiver burnout. I do apologize ahead of time for any background noise in this episode. I am actually sitting in an airport, so that's kind of fun. But I will do my best to edit everything out and stop talking when the PA system comes on. So just bear with me here, okay? All right, so today we were talking about fear of the future. We're going to talk about how this fear of the future shows up in your life, how it impacts your ability to care for your loved one, and how to avoid it or work through it when it does come up. So how does fear of the future show up for you in your life? Some people know right off the bat when I say fear of the future that yes, 100% this is something they're dealing with, but others of you may not have recognized it specifically as fear of the future. Some indicators that fear of the future is showing up in your life is things like if you're worrying a lot, if you're thinking about the future a lot, especially any negative thoughts, or if you're feeling like you have to do this quote right or else something bad might happen. All of those things are fear of the future. Fearing the future is going to impact your ability to care for your loved one in a number of ways. I'm going to list three here. So the first one is that it's going to keep you from staying present. Fearing and dwelling on future events will always limit your ability to be fully present for the present moment, which is kind of ironic because if you're afraid of this future, it probably means that you believe that that future is gonna be worse than whatever you're experiencing right now. But just the act of fearing it is keeping you from enjoying what's happening right now. And even when it's really hard, especially as an HD care partner, we can step back and recognize that these moments with our loved ones are precious. So I wanna help you avoid anything that's gonna keep you from taking full advantage of that time with your loved one. So fear is going to keep you from staying present. The second thing is that fear does not positively impact the outcomes in our future. Fear and worry, specifically worry, is an indulgent emotion. I know in a previous episode we covered overwhelm and identified it as an indulgent emotion as well and talked more about what that means. But basically feelings are going to fuel our actions and actions fueled by indulgent emotions are not productive. And we can see that really clearly with worry, that our actions that are being driven by worry do not tend to be productive. I had a recent example of this when I was driving and all of a sudden I had this thought come into my head like, oh my goodness, what if my car got hit by a meteor right now? And that thought created a lot of fear for me. But then I thought about the likelihood of a meteor falling and hitting my car And I recognized that me sitting there worrying about it wasn't going to change those statistics. And I see connections of this principle to our HD community all over the place. Statistics are everywhere in Huntington's disease. So if you're testing whether or not you are positive for the gene, that's a 50-50 chance. That's a statistic. And worrying about that result isn't going to change the result by an inch, unfortunately. With any given number of repeats, 
the age of symptom onset and the lifespan, all of those things are statistics. So just like we talked about with overwhelm, we need to look really carefully at which feelings are driving which actions and be honest about whether or not that's helping you get what you actually want out of life. So are the actions you're taking actually impacting the likelihood of whatever you're afraid of? If your answer is yes, I would say to look again really closely at what feeling is driving that action that you feel like is affecting the likelihood. Is it really fear and worry? Or is it something more productive like determination and courage? Like I'm going to do everything in my power not to let that happen. If it's determination, great, stick with it. I am all for working to change our circumstances, but only from a place where we are fully aware that the power ultimately lies with us and how we are going to experience this life. And if it really is, if this action that you think is impacting the likelihood really is coming from fear or worry, then we also want to look at whether or not those actions are truly productive. Most of the time, there are going to be other actions besides that one that are happening alongside it that are also being driven by that worry or fear, and it's causing the overall effect of those actions to be negative. So even if there's one good thing that's happening among a ton of things that are dragging you down, the overall impact of that fear and worry is going to be negative. The third way that our fear of the future can keep us from being the caregiver and care partner that we want to be is it keeps us from feeling those other positive productive emotions. At any given moment we have what I call an emotional cocktail. So we have tons of thoughts. I think it's something like 60,000 thoughts per hour. We have tons of thoughts going through our minds that are creating tons of different feelings that are getting layered on top of each other. So it's just this mixed bag of emotions at any given time. And if a large percentage or really anything more than like 5% of our thoughts and feelings are things that create worry, fear, and overwhelm, then these things are taking up significant space, emotional space in our brain. You're not going to have very much leftover space for feelings like love and joy, peace, gratitude, etc. And if we aren't feeling more positive, productive emotions, then the actions we are taking will not be positive and productive. I'm sure as an HD caregiver, you can see scenarios and situations where you could sure use an extra dose of love, peace, and calm. So if you're looking your so if you look at your day as an HD care partner or in any other situation you might be in, and you see moments where you might be a little bit better off now if you had been taking positive productive actions, which necessitate positive productive feelings driving those actions, then you might want to take a look at what you were thinking and feeling and acting on besides these positive productive thoughts feelings and actions just being able to take a look at it and acknowledge it and be aware of it can go a long way in working towards focusing more on those positive and productive thoughts so if you fear the future i want to ask why why do you fear the future and i'll also say that i'm going to ask a lot of questions on this podcast that you think are ridiculous but your answers, I promise, even though it seems super obvious, your answers are specific and unique to you and your experience, which means it's still important to ask those questions so we can see what your specific unique answers are, and that'll give us more information about where to go next. For most of us, we think that we are fearing circumstances. We're afraid that a specific circumstance is going to happen. A fact is going to come to pass. And again, each testing for HD is a really great example of this. So even though this circumstance of whether that test comes back positive or negative is really charged and emotional and probably doesn't feel neutral to you, 
We can prove to ourselves in different scenarios that circumstances can't make us feel anything. So circumstances don't determine our experience. Our thoughts, feelings, and actions do. And I know we talked about this more in a previous episode, so I'm not going to go super into the depth here. But the, the point of me bringing this up is that when we're afraid of something, what we're actually afraid of is how we think we will feel given a particular fact or circumstance. So Brooke Castillo says it better, way better than I could. She says, anything we want in our lives is because of the way we think that it will make us feel. I'm going to say that again. Anything we want in our lives is because of the way we think it will make us feel. And that's equally true in the negative. Anything we don't want to have happen in our lives is because of the way we th- it will make us feel. And I'm going to get personal here for a second. One of the things that I fear in my future is my husband passing away because he is gene positive. And my brain tells me that I'm afraid of his passing, which would be a fact or a circumstance. But what I'm actually fearing here is the loneliness. I'm fearing the grief. I'm fearing the confusion about what comes next. I'm fearing feeling pressure to handle it the right way for my kids. I'm afraid of feeling overwhelmed by grieving myself, but also trying to help my children and others grieve. So in that model that we talked about before, the CTFA model that Brooke Castillo teaches, each of those feelings I just listed would be related to the circumstance of him passing away, but not the direct result of that circumstance because between the circumstance and the feeling is our thought. So the circumstance exists and then we have a thought about it which causes our feelings. So the feeling isn't directly tied to our circumstance. And I'm not necessarily saying to change the thoughts. But just acknowledging that you can if you wanted to frees you from being blown around by the winds of life. So what are you afraid of? And if what you say you're afraid of is something we would label as a fact or a circumstance, then all you have to do to find the feeling underneath that is ask yourself why. When you ask yourself why, you'll find the feeling or the thought that you're attaching to that circumstance. And most of us don't know this intuitively. I actually had to pay money to learn this. So if you're living with the belief that circumstances cause your feelings and therefore your overall experience, then it totally makes sense that you're afraid of the future. It's 100% understandable that you would be afraid of what is to come if your mindset puts you at the effect of the circumstances in our lives, which we know are often out of our control. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't be afraid. I'm just giving you an alternative mindset to help you break free from that fear. When we know deeply that we have the power to create the experience we want in our lives, regardless of the circumstances, we don't have to be so afraid. And this leads me into the next section where we're going to talk about how to approach and minimize this fear of the future and its effect in our lives. I'm going to give you five steps, and the first one is to process your fear. And we just talked last week all about processing feelings. So for a detailed outline of what that looks like, go ahead and check out episode six. The same exact process that we walked through with grief will work for fear as well. But just very briefly, processing an emotion is just stopping all the additional thoughts that are going to contribute to growing this emotion and focusing instead on the physical sensation of that feeling while we give the chemical that's producing that emotion the time our body needs to process it and allow it to pass through us. 
So that would be the first step is to process that fear when it comes up and especially when it's really, really strong. So the second thing we can do is to face our worst case scenario. And this might seem kind of counterintuitive, but after we process the fear, the next step is to guide our mind into a new thought and feeling. Sometimes fear just really needs to be addressed. I picture it like a small child hanging out in the back saying, wait, what if this and what if that? And if we try to ignore that child who's talking like that, they're not going to stop and neither is our fear. So don't be afraid to go in there after you've processed it and acknowledge the fear. And know that when you do that, that fear might come up again really strong to the point where you need to sit and process it again. And that's okay. But eventually we'll get to the point where we can look at our fear and acknowledge it without getting overwhelmed by the physical sensation. And this doesn't mean just repeating to yourself over and over that what you're afraid of won't happen. That doesn't work. And it won't work because you probably don't believe that to be true. If we just keep repeating to ourselves thoughts that we don't believe, it's going to take a really, really long time for your brain to adopt those as true. So we need to find another way around it besides just jumping to the opposite of whatever thought or worry is causing your fear. In high school, I had a really great therapist named Annie. Shout out to Annie. And I was, we were talking about anxieties that I had and fears that I had. And she just had me walk through my worst case scenario. She's like, okay, what happens if that happens? And I would tell her my terrible story and she would say, then what? Will you survive? And that question kind of blew my mind. And But it's really, really great. So assuming that it is true, assuming that your fear, whatever you're afraid of, does happen, will you survive? Do you have the faith in yourself that you will be able to get through it? Even if, quote, getting through it might look a little messy, actually play it out. Because fear usually carries our imagination all the way through this feared event in the most terrifying way possible and then leaves us at a cliffhanger where it really looks like we're just going to spontaneously combust due to the emotional turmoil. But challenge that. What will actually realistically happen if you play that situation out? Worry and fear like to try to convince us that by dwelling on a potential problem, we are mentally preparing ourselves to execute a solution to that problem. But that's not true, because look at it. When you're, afraid, when you're feeling afraid, are you calmly thinking about the best way to handle this possibility? Are you watching what your best self might do in this situation? Probably not. So you're not actually preparing yourself. You're actually doing the opposite. You're weakening your mental health by dwelling in this fear and worry, and that's going to negatively affect the way you're able to approach challenges in a healthy way. And on top of that, there's the opportunity cost where you're missing out on this opportunity to take the chance to strengthen yourself in this way for the next challenge that comes to you. The third tip I have for you is to answer your fears and take action. So we've processed our fear, we've faced our worst case scenario realistically, now it's time to put some distance between ourselves and this reality that you're afraid of happening. Some fears are going to be really deeply rooted and will be difficult to shift. So you can do this in various stages depending on how deeply rooted that fear is for you. If your fear is really determined, like this is going to happen, then maybe try on the thought that I could be wrong about that. 
I love this thought because it's kind of self-deprecating, which makes it easier for my mind to latch onto because my brain is really good at finding evidence of other areas in my life where I've been wrong. And that increases the possibility that I might be wrong about this as well. Just allowing myself to potentially be wrong loosens up that fear a little bit for me and it will for you as well. Maybe your fear isn't that determined. It's only a maybe fear, like this might happen. Can you realistically place odds on it? How likely is it really? This is when we can do some risk analysis to decide whether it's worth taking action on. And I wish I had a visual for you for this, but if you can, picture a graph with the y-axis being the severity of an event, like how bad it would be if this happened. And then on the x-axis, the horizontal axis, is the statistical likelihood of that event happening. So if something would be really bad if it happened, but it's really unlikely that it would happen, like the example I shared of my car being hit by a meteor, that would be catastrophic, but also is super unlikely. That would be in the top left corner of this chart. And then things that wouldn't be that bad if they happen, but are also very likely to happen, like the sun rising tomorrow. That would have very little negative impact on your life and is very likely to happen. Things like that would be in the bottom right corner. And it's good to draw a little shape around the parts of that chart where it's worth taking action on something. Generally, I like to spend my time taking action on the things that would be really bad if they happened and are pretty likely to happen. So if it's really unlikely, then even if it would be really bad if it did happen, it isn't worth my limited resources of time, energy, and money to worry about this. So if you decide that something is worth taking action, you can say, thank you, fear, for bringing this to my attention. Your work here is done, though, because me, determination, and courage are going to take it from here. I had a friend in college, and I was telling him something that I was worried about. And he, he just looked at me, and he said, okay, what are you going to do about it? What one thing can you do right now to improve your situation? And him saying that literally changed my life because it allowed me to shift from that fear into one of the more productive emotions like determination or courage. Okay, if this is going to happen, what can I do right now? And sometimes we try to jump to this step too soon and that's when it doesn't work and it's actually really unhelpful. So picture fear again as that child that's out there panicking about something. What would happen if you were to just quickly say, don't worry about it? Or when your friend comes to you with something they're worried about, you say, hey, have you ever tried just not being worried about that? Yeah, how often has that worked? This is only helpful once we have actually taken the time to acknowledge and process through whatever we're afraid of. Then we can start looking at it because it, that panicking child isn't going to calm down until we acknowledge the child. Say, oh, I see that you're afraid. What are you afraid of? Can we talk through this? Now they're open to potentially not worrying about it if we've given them that time and attention. The fourth way I want to offer you to minimize the, the effect of fear of the future in your life is to recognize that practicing now to process your feelings is building your confidence. It's building your confidence that you're going to be able to process those feelings when they arise. And this ties back into that concept that I was talking about earlier, where what we're really afraid of isn't the circumstance, it's actually the way that we're worried we're going to feel if that happens. Whatever you're worried about feeling in the future 
if that's loneliness or grief or pain or anything else, then practicing that in small ways now, processing that, is going to build your confidence that you're able to process those feelings if and when they arise in the future. So going back to the example I shared about my husband, some thoughts might come up around that that I might choose to try to let go of. Maybe thoughts like, this is unfair, or he was taken away from me too early, or I'm all alone now and I have no one. Those thoughts are going to create emotional pain. So I could just get really good right now at feeling emotional pain and not have to worry about those thoughts when they come up. But I also might try to shake them by doing some work focusing on believing counter thoughts like, I have the perfect amount of time with my husband. Or I have all of the people and all of the love in my life that I need right now. But other thoughts, like I miss him, are also going to create some emotional pain for me. But I might want to keep that thought. And I might choose to keep the grief that comes with it. So I can practice right now processing grief whenever it comes up in my life. So that when that time comes and I choose to hang on to that thought and I feel that grief... I'm confident in my ability to move through that and allow the grief to move through me. So once we've taken all those previous three steps of acknowledging and processing our fear and taking that action if we feel it's necessary, then it's time to start building some evidence for yourself that you don't need to fear those feelings in the future because you're getting good at them right now. And with that confidence, the fear, it just kind of takes the back seat. There's nowhere for it to go. There's no reason for, for it to be there. Because what's going to happen is your brain is going to say, oh my goodness, what if this thing happens? But we know that it really means, oh my goodness, what if this thing happens? And you think that it's going to make you feel a certain way no matter what. Then we can come back with, hey, that thing might happen. And I'm going to have the ability to choose how I feel. And even if I choose to feel negatively about it, if that's grief or anger or disappointment or loneliness, I might love my reasons for choosing those feelings and choosing those thoughts that are creating those feelings because I'll know that I also have the ability to process those feelings and I'll be able to keep going. My fifth and final tip is going to be when you're thinking about your future, aiming for an experience in life rather than an event or a circumstance. So imagine your future as the experience you want to have rather than the list of circumstances that you would prefer to have happen. And this keeps you focused on what's in your control, which is your experience, rather than the circumstances that you can impact but are ultimately out of your control. So I'll give you an example of what this might look like. So instead of picturing your future as a list of circumstances like what kind of house you're going to have, what kind of car, how many kids or grandkids, when you'll retire, countries you'll visit, you instead say, whatever happens, I am going to feel grateful, fulfilled, and peaceful. You can still try to impact those circumstances that you prefer, but being founded in your ultimate goal of being an experience and a feeling puts a little bit less pressure on those circumstances happening exactly the way you've outlined or else you know your brain will tell you if it doesn't happen that way it's the end of the world and I want to close by saying that I have full confidence that you can get through whatever life throws at you how do I know that because you are here today you've gotten through today you've gotten through yesterday you've gotten through last week last month last year last decade however long you've been around you've gotten through it all and whatever tools you've used to get up to this point Now you have extra. I'm giving you more. You're here today. You're ready to learn. 
if this is what your brain needs to latch on to is just me telling you, hey, just by listening to this podcast, you've given yourself more tools to be able to handle whatever might come. So if you can just add this to your arsenal that you've already built up that has gotten you where you are today, I have no doubt that you're going to be able to get through whatever else comes. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next week. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your communities, spreading the benefits of these powerful tools to more people. Connect with me on Instagram or Facebook at Courtney Cable Coaching for further interaction and access to additional helpful content and resources. I'm actively engaged on both platforms and eagerly await your thoughts on the podcast and any suggestions you have for future topics. If you're interested in personalized support, visit my website to schedule a complimentary mini coaching session, a free consultation call, or to explore my affordable coaching programs designed to meet your needs. Thank you for tuning in to HD Reality, and I look forward to our next conversation.